0: Hey, friends, and welcome to Body Image with Bree, the podcast. I am your host, Brie, or Brianna Campos. I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New Jersey, and I'm also a body image coach and educator. I also have clinical experience working with eating disorders. This podcast is designed to help you make peace with your current body. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of diet culture, body image, and learn how to make peace in the skin you're in. Hey, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Brie or Brianna Campos. Thank you for being here. This is actually going to be the last episode of season two. I know it is a somewhat short season, but that seems to be the theme for me as I am learning this podcasting world. Um, But the reason that the podcast is ending is because we actually have a name change that's coming up. And I am not going to share it yet. I'm gonna um, tell first the community that I'm in, uh my my body grievers and my professionals will find out first. So if you want to be somebody in the know uh about what the podcast change is going to be and you want to know about all the other changes, this is your last chance to be first in line to know. So if you are interested, I encourage you to head over to my Instagram page and click on the link in my bio. Because next Wednesday is when the first of all of the new rollouts are coming out. I am so excited. Uh, I'll give you a little bit more of a teaser in this episode of what to, to success to expect. Uh, there is is going to be an event and it's going to include some guest speakers, hint, hint. Uh, so I definitely want you to pay attention to um, the last three guests that we had. So that would have been Kate Rosen, Arielle Juliet, and then today's guest speaker, my Personal physical therapist Danny Shapiro. Let me tell you a little bit about Danny. So, Danny is a Dutch trained physical therapist and specializes in manual therapy. He has developed his own pain elimination techniques that have Helped people to get rid of back pain and all sorts of pain um, to get back to enjoying life quickly. And he believes that everyone who wants to stay active, mobile, and retain their independence should have access to care that doesn't require painkillers, injections, or surgery. Now, I, I do feel like I should put a couple of Um, trigger warnings on this episode. First of all, we do curse. Um, We do laugh and curse and have a lot of fun in the episode. Uh, Danny does mention weight loss in the episode. And of course, I never miss an opportunity to educate my belief systems on health at every size and Uh, Taking a weight neutral approach, Uh, but I actually really liked his his response and his thought around it. So, as always, if you are in a raw stage in your recovery, um, this might not be the episode for you. Uh, I can also give you the marker time. Um, It's around marker twenty, so um, you can always just skip past that part in the episode if. Hearing about any weight loss is triggering to you. We do mention a number, um, and it was just used in an example. But we mostly talk about how the prescription to lose weight is a lazy solution for pain management and that body pain is not punishment. That if anything, body pain is our body communicating to us. So I really love this episode. I think y'all are going to really enjoy hearing what Danny has to say. And like I told you in the teaser, this will not be the last that you get to hear from him. And if you want to find out first of what I'm referencing, make sure that you go to the link in my bio and you fill out the type form on what changes are coming with body image with Bray. So As all my podcasting friends say, this podcast is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. Cannot be used for a replacement for medical or mental health advice. And if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and share it. Leave a comment or a review and share us on Instagram and tag us along the way. And it has been an incredible journey for season two. Can't wait for season three. So, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Body Image with Bree. I am so honored to speak to our wonderful guest this morning, Danny Shapiro, who is not only my physical therapist, but is also my friend. So welcome, Danny.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Brianna. I'm really excited to speak with you today and to help shed light on movement uh, and how to go about doing it no matter what size you are, no matter who you are, you know, two arms, two legs, one arm, one leg, whatever variation you want, we can make it happen.
0: I love that. I love that. And I thought a little bit about my own journey and coming to work with you. And I think the hardest part for many people is just realizing that they need the support in movement. And, you know, we'll get into all that today, but why don't you just start by telling everybody a little bit about who you are?
1: Sure. So as you all know, right from the start, I am a physical therapist. Surprise, surprise, right? But before becoming a physical therapist, I was always in movement. So ever since the age of four or five years old, I was a ballroom dancer and grew up to be a professionally trained ballroom dancer starting from the age of 10. I started my first international world championship in the UK from the from 10 years old representing the United States and continuing continue to do that in many different countries as I got older up until the age of 20 when I stopped and went to PT school. So movement for me was my whole life. Now, Interestingly enough, the reason why I went to PT school was because I saw dancers getting injured right and left. And I thought, hmm, you know, this should not be happening in such a professional sport, such a high performance sport. The amount of injuries that are happening should not be happening. And that's kind of what propelled me into PT school. Now, through my PT school, I grew to love all kinds of movement, not only just dancing and just being focused on dancing, but everything, whether it's people going for a walk, a jog. Uh, going to the gym, being a professional MMA fighter, a dancer, you name it, like I want to help you to do that. And that kind of spurred a lot of different ideas, including one of which I created my own manual therapy technique to help people get out of pain, trademarked and everything called MyoMelt, without the whoop though. But I am just interested and always striving to make sure that no matter who you are, no matter what you do, that you are able to stay moving, keep moving, and be pain free as much as possible, and to feel free. Right, freedom is everything. Freedom of movement.
0: So you're officially trademarked. That's wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations. So it's called MyoMelt.
1: MyoMelt. Yeah, M Y O, and then melt. It's a uh, myo is means muscle, and it's uh, muscle melt. So, so
0: how does that how does that work? Tell us what the
1: trademark means. So the trademark means just that it's, it's my, I created it. It was my, it's my child, a baby. It's a technique that doesn't exist up until now. And it's literally helped people to unlock their bodies. Whether you have frozen shoulder, whether you have chronic pain for 20 years, uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have. As long as it's, of course, a uh, musculoskeletal issue, so whether it's a muscle tear, it helps when you have a ligament tear, pretty much anything that's related to the musculoskeletal system, I mean, it has worked absolute wonders. People who have not felt a pain-free moment in 15, 20 years have been able to get pain-free. People who have been stuck with a certain range of motion for a year because of the frozen shoulder suddenly are reaching up towards the ceiling and wondering how the hell did this just happen? It's literally just learning, to, it's manually helping people to unlock movement. Now, of course, it's not, you know, oh my God, this is the only thing that we need. It's a tool just like anything else, but it's a very amazing tool that I'm so happy to have just had come my way and being developed and putting out into the world. So that is my moment.
0: That's amazing. And I, I think, two part of the reason that I found you one was on TikTok i was experiencing a lot of body pain due to the pandemic and sitting at a desk all day and so i literally looked up desk stretches i think and as neuro hashtag and that's how i found you <laughs> and i don't i don't know how like i don't know if it just came up in in like similar content but i i really liked your energy and also all the stretches you recommended made a difference i was like oh i feel better too doing that stretch
1: that's
0: that's how that's awesome yeah we connected
1: and and do you remember um what one when we connected do you remember when we had our first it was a discovery session where we sat over zoom and just talked about kind of like what you've been experiencing what you've been feeling and remember i had you do a couple moves yeah right that like on the spot unlocked your shoulders yep yep you remember that do you remember that? You know, so yeah. So, that like that that kind of kicked everything off, and which which is what I mentioned earlier. Like you know, the, I have my own mouth and that's it's wonderful. It's been it's been amazing, but also learning how to move properly and how to what you can do to your own body that you don't have to rely on Advil, you don't have to rely on like foam rollers or temporary pain relievers. That you can actually learn how to use your own body and have the tools that you need to, to unlock it too.
0: For me, a lot of what we we do is relearning how to do movement that seems basic, but I haven't been doing it the quote unquote right way. I don't know a better word to use other than like, um, well, we've talked about this of compromised movement. Mm -hmm. And so I've experienced pain. And so we talk about the body being all connected. And so recently I had an ankle injury And had asked you, I was like, do you think this would cause neck shoulder pain? And you were like, absolutely. And you remember what you said as to why, right?
1: As to like why it's all connected or?
0: Well, you said it was probably because of compensation.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, there you go, yeah. Compensation is is a crazy, crazy thing. Like it, it makes us, you know, you have a pain in your foot, but then it alters your entire body. It literally changes how you place weight onto each foot so if before it was 50 50 right now it's not 50 50 now it's maybe 60 40 70 30 whatever the proportion is but now not only did you shift your weight but because you shifted your weight now you're also your shoulders are sitting differently and if your shoulders are sitting differently hey guess what your head's sitting differently if your head's sitting differently that's neck and shoulder pain that's mid-back pain that's tightness in your low back that's tightness in your left calf big toe right and it compensation is huge we, we we don't emphasize compensations enough. I've seen people who've had an injury 10 years ago who come in with a completely different thing that is not related to what their injury was 10 years ago. And yet the injury from 10 years ago is still impacting them today because they never relearn how to transfer the weight back. Which oh. is wild.
0: It is wild.
1: It's wild. So, I mean, you've had this, this ankle injury for, for a little while now, and it's changing how you walk. It's changing how you walk up and down the stairs. If you're shifting your weight because of whether it's fear or actual pain, there's still both compensations and things that can alter your movement. And we try to break that down together. Like, like when you, when you came in, like I had you going up and down the stairs on the good leg and on the not so great leg, no matter what, we just found ways to make it more painless
0: and then leaning into the pain, but in a safe way. And and, and so you you told me that you had a a revelation this morning on your way over here. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah.
1: When it comes to movement and when it comes to pain, when it comes to not being able to do something, the word I want to use, it may sound a little harsh. The approach that most people have to their pain or limitations. And the word I want to use is passive. People are way too passive. When they start to hurt, they're like, okay, I'm just going to completely rest. I'm going to be completely passive with with the leg. I'm going to be completely passive with the shoulder. Or when it comes to being consistent with movement on a daily basis. And again, this may sound harsh, but sometimes people are a little bit too passive. And it's so important to invest in yourself and I'm not talking about money, of course, but investing time within yourself and to invest the, the effort into yourself and not be passive. And when we take that step to, whether it's practicing how to get up, which as like when you made that video, it literally changed people's lives. Yeah. And it was just learning how to use to like, just a couple of things, like how to use your big toe to get up. Right. But people cannot be passive. Even if you've had pain for 10 years and you've tried a bunch of different providers, Even then people become passive and just think, I'm just going to live with this thing and I'm not going to really do anything for it. Uh, This is just what I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Don't be passive. Find the provider. Do the movement that you need to do. Don't ignore the signals your body gives you to move. And again, this does not mean you have to go work out. This does not mean you have to go for a run. It's literally, can you raise your arm? Can you push it behind you? Can you maneuver it in different positions? That would, might, might be helpful. Can you do a couple stretches? Can you do a couple light movements that will not cause you people, only instead will make it better?
0: If you think about the human body, right, or people, we don't want to feel pain. And so the compensation that leads to passive responses to pain makes sense. And it's fun- funny because it's something I deal with in the sense of body image is that people will sense body image discomfort. And then instead of attacking it head on, they're like, I'm not gonna deal with that. Like that's future me's problem. (laughs) I'm not gonna gonna worry about it. And then what happens is we compensate and we build up this compensation and then something small, like, I don't know, like your body hitting a, a part of your desk that it maybe hasn't used to can trigger a pain because you haven't dealt with it. And so there's a lot of overlaps that I actually realized while working with you. Of like, oh, this is probably where my clients would feel some sort of way. I think there's a lot of, a lot of mental space. And so I don't want to put all of the onus on the clients and I want to put it on the professionals as well, that <sighs> there are a lot of bad providers who are giving bad advice. And I've had, clients who've been told this is your fault this is your responsibility and you're probably going to live with pain for the rest of your life
1: hey that's that's just projection huh that's just ain't that ain't that something huh (laughs) you're right you're right I can't tell you how many times people have come into my office and told me that my doctor just said this is what it is My doctor said, this is never going to heal. My doctor said this, my doctor said that. And I'm like, I'm just facepalming all day. Most of the time. And it's like, what, how, how do how does, how does a provider just go and say, this is, this is on you. So this, whether it's your fault, it's on you. Nothing's ever going to change. How does a provider do that? Like I literally had a girl come into my office. She, she was a nurse. And she had a disc herniation and her doctor just said, good luck. Like, wow. you're, you're, you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. You freaking don't. Mm-hmm. I've had a disc herniation real bad to the point where I could barely walk. Wow. You know, I, I, I literally could not walk. I was hobbling to the chiropractor's office, which did nothing. I was hobbling to the PT, which did nothing. I had to rehab myself. Wow. Wow. And it's as someone who has been in pain, I do not take no for an answer. I do not blame the person in front of me for being in pain. Even how they got injured, you can't blame someone.
0: What what would you say to the person who's listening to this who feels like, that their body is the reason that they're in pain like i think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into and they've been told by providers just lose weight and the
1: pain will go away um smack those people who say that to you in their face like in your mind in your imagination not not physically not literally no but um (laughs) on a real note you you, i like have no word because i have i've I, I hear this question a lot and it's not something that you need to pay attention to because body weight is a factor. It is not a like end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not an end all. It's not a death sentence. Your body weight is a factor as is inactivity is a factor. Not getting enough vitamin D is a factor. Mm when you have a bunch of different factors together, you can experience pain, tightness, whatever it is. But again, body weight is not a end all or just end of the line, lose weight and all your problems will go away. And by the way, even if you wanted to go the weight loss approach and you were to lose X amount of pounds per month, not like rush anything, not do anything crazy restrictive and wild. So let's say someone the doctor said, okay, lose 40 pounds. How long is that going to take you? It's going to take you a long ass time. Meanwhile, you're still in pain. pain. Yeah, you're, you're still compensating. You're still going through things. You're still experiencing so much discomfort and maybe even more problems just because of your compensation. So what kind of advice is that?
0: You know... Uh- my philosophy on on weight loss and taking a health at every size approach and, and fearful for people who take an approach of intentional weight loss because of the research that's out there and the likelihood of people developing eating disorders, doing these crash diets, doing these things yeah. that could lead to really disordered behavior. But uh, I know something for me, and, I, and I've talked about this before, a factor for me was that the life I was living did not permit me to have movement in my life. And when the pandemic hit and I realized, oh, I'm still working like 15 hour days. I was exhausted at the end of the day. And you would be like, do you do your exercise. And I'd yeah. be like, no, I crashed at the end of the day. you talk about your brother actually, right? Who yeah. left the workforce because of this? Can you speak to that?
1: Sure. So my brother, like me, also had a professional dancing training, like my entire family danced. Uh, my cousins, my brother, like everybody, my sister, my little sister, my brother, he stopped dancing and he went to law school. So he was a lawyer. He went through, he, he was not in one of those like Ivy League law schools, but he landed a job where he was the only non Ivy League law school student to be in that job. So like pretty, like he's a pretty smart guy. He, he worked his way up there, worked his way to that position and was able to pay off all his loans within the first year. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, now, the thing is, though, he, he was working so hard and so much. He, they had him flying out every other couple weeks, super high stress, no time to take care of himself. And he sneezed. Yeah. An innocent little sneeze that knocked out three discs in his back. The guy couldn't walk. He had days to decide whether he was going to go through either A, conventional therapy or B. And that was a risk that the doctors told him, huge risk. Like if you don't if you don't act now through surgery which was the second option you're going to lose your leg and you're going to have drop foot for the rest of your life. The nerve was so impinged he literally could not lift his foot up which is it's related to a nerve in your spine that does that movement and it was it was completely impinged upon and if it would continue to be impinged upon for the next 5 or 6 days you'd lose it forever. But my brother was going through the same thing and he chose the not surgery option you know? and does he still have flare-ups? Sure, sure. I mean, we, we all have sometimes have flare-ups of different things, but he is walking around and moving around and exercising and like uh, he has so many goals. He wants to go back to snowboarding and it's all possible. Going from literally almost not being able to walk and having full loss of control in his leg to now being okay. And he's actually able to do a lot. We went hiking a few months ago. You know, like he's great.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's it's something that I've noticed in my own life, and my own recovery with movement uh, is that like, you know, so one of the things I feel like you always tell me to do is you're like, are you, are you breathing? And I'm like, no, I'm holding my breath. (laughs) And it's, it's something I've done my whole life of like, when something's hard, I just hold my breath and wait for it to be over. And so when you're living a life with a job that has you holding your breath. Of course, when you're doing a painful movement in a good, painful movement in PT, you're going to be like, I'm just going to hold my breath till it's over. And, and I recognize that, that, I mean, it's, it's great privilege that I was able to do that and that not everybody's going to be able to do that. And so, uh, the recommendation I have found is just trying to find accommodations, right. Of trying to see if there's small little changes that you can make. So for me, um, figuring out how to stand up that video we talked about of just I, I would call it toddlering when I would get up I would be like let me lean on something and I stand up with my legs straight and I'm like okay this is what toddlers do when they don't have autonomy over their body choices um, but I just assumed I was never going to be able to do that and you were like oh we're going to do it right now and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> you say so <laughs>
1: And up you went.
0: And do you remember how happy I was?
1: Yeah. I mean, you were, I think you were more shocked than happy initially. I
0: was (laughs) shocked. I can't even remember the last time that I stood up without leaning on something. Like it's been that long.
1: Yeah. You went right up.
0: And now it's like a daily practice for me of like, even when I'm on the ground, even if I could lean on something, I'm like, let's just commit this to memory. And that, so that my body trusts that this is going to happen again and again. And then I don't know if you actually remember me telling you that my knee's been a little sore um, mm-hmm. like when I've been doing it. So I've really just been trying to pay attention to my body when I'm doing it. And what I realized was that I wasn't leaning like back enough on the toe and then through the floor. And I just didn't trust my body to do what it needed to do.
1: It, your body can do a lot more than you think. Really can It really, really can And sometimes all it takes is a small little adjustment, whether it's literally just using your big toe, right? Or whether it's shifting your weight back and give, give the trust to your body to, to, to complete the action. Sometimes it's literally just a small little adjustment that until you know how to make it, and once you learn how to make it, it completely unlocks everything. Do you remember the first time when we were going over how to climb up and down stairs? without using the railing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: remember how scared you were and hesitant yeah just going down going up and down like three or four steps before we did the whole flight and then right before we ended that session you walked down and up the whole flight without using the railing
0: i thought it was a fluke i was like what did you (laughs) how did you what is this sorcery
1: (laughs) right and through zoom nonetheless i know (laughs)
0: And again, it's just not something I've thought about in great detail. And even just that small change has made me less likely to ask someone to bring something down for me because I'm like, I'm just going to go up. Like I can do it. And it's a small part of my day that I get to be intentional with my body. And then if something goes awry, it gives me an opportunity to tune in and be like, hmm, what's wrong? So that's why when I told you at your office, I was like, your stairs are different than my stairs, because I have no problem doing your stairs here, but my stairs I can't do. What I realized is I'm first thing waking up. I'm not really engaged like my body or anything. And it's the first engagement. And so holding in my core and and just connecting to that core strength of like, all right, we're going to hold it in while we walk down the stairs rather than just be like, good luck. Makes a difference. And I've seen just that small, that small behavior changes the way that I walk up and down the stairs.
1: Yeah. And in result, it it changes a large portion of your life and also psychologically changes because you are no longer afraid. Absolutely. Functional movements, right? And functional movement can also, the word functional can change the definition and, and what functional means changes for every person. So functional movements, just basic functional movements are going up and down stairs, kneeling down, coming up, right? All things that we normally do every single day without even thinking about it. If something drops, we drop down to the floor and pick it up, right? Yeah. These are all functional movements. But you also have function-specific movements as well. Say For an athlete, being able to lift, depending on the sport, doing certain lifts or doing certain movements, even though they're not functional in nature, are still functional for them. It's important, regardless of who you are, to be able to accomplish these basic functional movements, such as getting up from the floor. And I I call it basic because we've been doing it since we were born. Since we were able to stand, we've been getting up, going down, reaching, falling. Knowing how to fall is super important. And along the line, we lose it. Got to get it back. Got to get it back.
0: And it's so, it's so interesting. I remember telling you one time that I had this realization that the last time I was able to like bend over and pick something off the floor, I remember struggling. I must've been like 16. And at the time I was doing really aggressive, invasive workouts and was not stretching. They were not teaching me how to stretch or care for my body in that way. And even at 16, I remember blaming my body. It must be because of my body size. And so to now still struggle with that in a much larger body, I'm like, well, (laughs) it probably can't be the same thing. And it has to be that mobility flexibility that I've compensated on for years.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you, and you just wait till our next session. You're going to be picking things up all, all over the place. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it, everybody. That's, uh, <laughs> Brianna has her right. fate here. Um, but it's, <laughs> but, but hey, like it's, but you know, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because a lot of people, when they go to, to exercise, like in the gym with a the trainer, there's a certain expectation. The expectation is that the person that's training you knows what the F they're doing. And a lot of times it's not. And listen, I'll tell you what, there are some amazing personal trainers out there. And the ones who are amazing do constant research and constant trying to find different ways that they can help their clients. Now, look, I've taken the test. Like prior to becoming a physical therapist, I was a personal trainer. Let me tell you. Now, some people say, oh, you were, still, you were studying for physical therapy. So of course the exam was easy. I studied for the exam the night before for 30 minutes.
0: This was before your physical therapy license?
1: Yeah, no, no, I was, I was uh, approaching my third year, I believe. Or either approaching my third year or in my third year.
0: So you knew the stuff, but also it wasn't that hard.
1: Which was? Oh my God. No, no, no. This is like, it, the content of the exam is not hard. Mm. It's, it's again, just knowing basic, basic basic anatomy. And I'm talking about just a regular personal trainer's degree, like like, um, license, I'm not talking talking about like the CSCS exams, like those are hard, but just a basic personal trainer uh, kind of license that most people get and most people have as their only thing, uh, no matter what organization you're doing it through, the exam is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It's not like requiring you to know super crazy physics, biomechanical movements and angles and like what we do in PT school. Uh, to analyze people's movement. But it's, it's pretty simple. Like I told you, it was literally the night before for 30 minutes, like that was it. Yeah. Went in first time, passed, done. All right. But um, the biggest issue, which is what I started with, is that people who have an expectation that the trainer knows what they're doing. When I see trainers and I've, I've trained trainers, I've educated trainers and what the thing that I see when I like, when I walk into any gym and there's a trainer there, the trainers either on the phones, not really looking, um, or, or, the, or they're telling you like, whether it's in a group class or personal or like one-on-one and they're like, okay, do this, this, and this, but there's no attention to detail, no attention to like, I can't say how many times I go into the gym and I'm like, ah, oh, God, I want to come up to them so bad. I want to fix that knee. I want to fix that shoulder. Oh my God, that's painful to watch. It's literally hurting my soul, but I don't <laughs> because like I've had trainers come up to me and ask me, like I've been, I was doing some kind of warm up or stretch in, in the uh, warm up area, and they're like, "Huh, wh- what is this stretch for?" I'm like, "Bruh, <laughs> like, really, really?" And um, I, I, there's there's a person who who we both know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name them, but um, we were we were going over how to squat and when they were doing the squat, it was completely different, completely different from what they used to do. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm literally relearning how to do a squat. I've done so many of these before uh, through classes and with trainers and stuff. And I'm literally relearning how to do a squat. I've never done it like this before.
0: I feel like I have to relearn how to do everything. Like I, I remember seeing a video of me walking and I was like, I think I need to relearn how to walk. And I wonder if that, or relearning how to stand, you know? My current functional goal is, to just be able to stand without my sciatic at being activated and s- having this stance that you taught me. I was like, this feels foreign. It doesn't feel right.
1: right. And, and the hips start burning, right? All those muscles start yeah. activating. And, and
0: and even just being right of like it, to take away the sciatic pain, that's that compensation again. And I know for me, and I think I've talked about this to you a couple of times of getting so frustrated with my body. So there was a, a time-lapse where we stopped working together for like a month because of sickness and holidays. Yeah. And when I came back, all of the movement we had worked on was just gone. I just didn't have the same mobility that I did the month prior. And I was so frustrated. <laughs> Do you remember what you said to me?
1: Well, I probably said a lot of things to you. because I was just telling you, don't, don't worry about it. You had it once, you'll, you'll get it back again. I
0: remember being really Despondent and feeling pretty hopeless Mm -hmm. in my movement, and feeling like I think I remember telling you, like, I'm just, I just feel hopeless right now that this is going to get better. I don't know if you remember that conversation.
1: No, that was a very heavy, heavy conversation. I I don't even remember everything that I said. I was just listening to what you were saying because I felt the heart drop, you know?
0: Yeah. Part time therapist, too, right?
1: (laughs) Well, hey.
0: Can't can't compare
1: to you, but you know, I I try
0: to see what I can do. Well, and so so in in the work that I do, right? I talk a lot about grief, and and grief within body image, and so depression is a stage of grief, and so I think there there's that point where even I was getting to of my body may not move the same way that it used to. And it might not look the same, but it's going to, you're going to make it through. We're going to get to this acceptance piece. And, and then in the final stage that they've added into grief is finding meaning and purpose. And so for me, my movement journey and the pain that I've experienced, the way I find meaning in that is by sharing the struggles that I'm having and how you've helped me and seeing how then it transforms other people's lives. So when I shared that movement of how to stand up and then that you know that individual shared how that changed her life and how she was just thinking about all the things that she's gonna be able to do now because of one simple movement, it, it made it worth it for me, it brought, it brought meaning. And, and one of the things you had said to me in that moment was like, I think that hitting the bottom is a, is a good place, because mm-hmm. the only way to go from here is up. Yeah. And I don't know if oh, you yeah. also remember this as well. When I first started with you, I was very skeptical. I was mm-hmm. like, what's your success rate? <laughs> remember what you said to me?
1: I don't remember. No. What would I say?
0: 100%. Damn.
1: <laughs> Did I say that? Jeez. She-
0: <laughs> I was like, how many? I was like, really? Like, how many people have you in- encountered that you haven't been able to help, and you were like zero people. I was yeah, like, get out of here. Yeah. You, uh, you were like, no, I just the with the approach that I take, which is not typical, and meeting each individual person where they're at. I've never had someone that I haven't been able to help with their chronic pain. I was like, all right, you got me. I'm reeled in. I'm working with you.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Um. When an when in individualistic approach is taken, I mean, there can't not be progress. When you take a general approach, that's when there's no progress.
0: I could you not know? agree more because it's the same so, thing that I do with body. Unit. Exactly.
1: Literally, I was exactly about to say the exact same thing. It's not a one size fits all. We're all individuals. We're all different people. You just mentioned, like you mentioned before, like how you were relearning how to walk, like that's individual to you. Guess what? I've been working with a professional MMA, UFC fighter, who's also, after 27 years of being alive, relearning how to walk for the first time in his life and how Mm -hmm. to walk properly. That's an individual issue to him that no one could fix. There are people who had no idea that part of their pain was relearning how to do basic movements like walking. Mm -hmm. And those things come out when there's a personal custom individualistic approach to the individual you know that same person I just mentioned who relearned how to squat they also relearned how to walk
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and 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 she and she told me no other therapist or doctor has mentioned that to them ever
0: and that that just it boggles my mind we could go on a tailspin on on the problems with Providers and I think I had told you about some really bad PT experiences that I've had, where it says come in and get the standard treatment, it would feel better when I was there and I leave. And it's annoying, and it's frustrating, and, and I think too, I think for people, because I did this too, I was like, let me see if I can figure this out on my own first. <laughs> let me see if I can solve this issue by myself. So I went on Instagram and I was like, let me find some PTs are giving away free knowledge and it would work momentarily, right? It would resolve the issue, but then there would be other pain or then it would come back. And that's what's, I think the benefit of having that one-on-one is to be able to help identify like, okay, well, maybe it's it's being sourced here, but maybe the, the issues are elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we constantly in terms of even even just like when we you and i work together i constantly switch my approach up to when it comes to trying to help you to accomplish your goals like uh, we've been working on purely just functional how to improve your functional movements Mm. like walking up down uh, walking up or down the stairs like getting up from the floor like how you should be standing right right so we're we're getting uh, out of doing more of the mobilization activation exercises because we're moving, I decided to switch the approach because I think that would be even more helpful. Because if the functional movements around your life can be improved, how you feel will also improve. Right. You know, standing right. properly is an exercise. Mm. Sitting with the right posture is an exercise. Going up and down the stairs properly with like how you transfer your weight, how you push through, what, what you do with your toes is an exercise.
0: Right. You know,
1: it is activation. It is also mobilization. Making sure that you don't go down the stairs, up the stairs, sideways, and you can firmly plant your foot, push through, plant your foot, push through. Make sure that you can get up from a kneeling position. Use the glutes, use your quads. It is an exercise. Mm -hmm. So whoever's listening to this, don't forget how you do things on a day-to-day basis, not just the stretches and exercises that you may see online or that your provider may give you, Look at your functional movements. How do they feel? Mm. Can you get up from the floor? Can you bend down to pick something up? If you can't, let's approach it. Like, so like, you know, I, I was joking, you sealing your fate, like, but next next session we have, we're going to be working on picking things up and doing it comfortably.
0: Now, we we had started doing that a while ago. And mm-hmm. the ankle sort of took over. <laughs> yeah. So I, I still, I'm trying to use all the, the movements and motions that we had practiced once before. Um, And, and I will say too, being intentional about moving every day and stretching every day has made such a difference. And it's motivated not by like, oh, I don't want Danny to be mad at me that I didn't do my stretches. (laughs) You never were. You were always so understanding and so, and so, you know, patient, but it's like, I desire to do it because I know how I'll feel. And I know that it'll make a difference. And then, so we've been like, there was one night I didn't stretch before I went to sleep and I woke up and my lower back was hurting. And I was like, "Mm, see, like there's a, there's a difference here. And so I've just, even for a few minutes, making that intentional time to do it from a, you know, therapeutic standpoint, I'd argue that there are, there are many reasons why people won't. And I think one, connecting to their body is hard. So if even feeling pain is hard, emotionally, that I would say even before you begin working on getting rid of the pain, you're probably gonna need a therapist to help you work through that. Because it sounds like there's a lot of trauma in just connecting to your body. And I remember remember saying that to you. I feel like even some of the things that we have to do here could trigger trauma. Even just, I I think I talked about there being like a shame of not being able to do certain movements and feeling frustrated that I even need help in relearning how to learn basic things like standing up or sitting up from from the table in your office. And so what I'm wondering is if you had any advice, obviously you can only work with so many people in New York, New Jersey, and now Florida, which is awesome. And somebody is going to go to a PT and their PT gives them that advice of just like, oh, well, you know, just lose weight, or this is on you. What would be a like, from your perspective, what would be something that would be effective for them to be able to say to that provider?
1: Bye, Felicia.
0: <laughs> really? You would just, you would just leave. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't. Even, well,
1: yeah. I mean, look, I, it's the approach. Yeah. If the provider is telling you, regardless of who it is, by the way, what PTE doctor, who cares if the provider's telling you that you have to lose weight and that's like, that's it. Or they're, they're not giving you al- alternative movements. Like, listen, how many times have we done something and you said, okay, I this movement is not comfortable for me. I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And right. I've literally just on the spot, changed it to something else. That's something that's more uh, doable and something you feel more comfortable with. Right. That individualized. Exactly. But but it's it's the approach. So if you're given, frankly, a bullshit approach, you find someone else.
0: I love it. And,
1: and I I push for this all the time, like on, on, on both on social media, I say this all the time. Don't be afraid to find a new provider. Yes, it's gonna to be tough. And you're not gonna find it maybe on the first go-around, the second go-around. I had a girl who went through 10 providers before finding me as a last resort before considering some kind of surgery or the drastic option and that 11th time that she decided to look for it it's completely a different life wow so she went through 10 10 most people give up by two (laughs) three you know
0: I feel that in my soul I've gone through many providers and it sucks that you have to do that and I'll just acknowledge that that yeah. suckiness. and i'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're like yep this is me that's wrong yeah so no, i apologize that you have to experience that you deserve quality care whether it be from a medical professional whether it be from physical therapy therapist you deserve unbiased treatment and it's it's a human right health at every size is that every person is deserving of being able to pursue health without judgment and everybody has to start somewhere. And so, exactly. and then I think too of just changing the definition of health from just being exercise and what you're eating to how are you living? And I would yes. argue my life is so much better now that I am not grinding at a job 15 hours a day, not being appreciated, not being paid not having any time for self care, um, to now working for myself. I'm a really good boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's great. I'm
0: an okay boss. <laughs> my my assistant has to schedule me off because otherwise I'll be like all the time. What would you like to leave the audience with?
1: Well, I want people to not be afraid, right? I want people to not be afraid of movement. I want people to not be afraid of finding another provider. I want people to not be afraid of, of giving the, their bodies and their minds a chance to grow. Right? I never stop looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. Something that seems so complicated now can be, can be potentially an easy fix. Whether you feel like you're working for 15 hours a day and you you feel like you have no time for movement, guess what? There is a way around that. There's always a way around it. Right? There's always a way to make things work for you, not against you, but for you. You just have to have the courage to take that step. You have to have the confidence in yourself and the belief that you deserve the absolute utmost best, Mm -hmm. that you deserve everything under the sun. And that all you need to do is take a step forward into it and to, to take a chance to find what you what you need and what you're looking for. You know, it, it's so easy, again, to be passive. Don't be passive, be aggressive, go for what you want, find what you want, regardless of what your goal is, fight for it, don't lay back and take it. Mm.
0: I love that, I love that, that fighter spirit. And my, my clinical side kicks in is like, and also be aware of the judgment that you're you're putting on yourself. And if you wouldn't put that on someone else, then it, it, that's not aligned with with who you are. And so if you wouldn't be mad at me for a mobility issue, then be kind to yourself. And I think that's how you find the courage is with with no judgment. Danny, thank you so much for this amazing and wonderful conversation. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can work with you, all the good stuff.
1: Absolutely. So, if you are on social media, you can find me on Instagram at official danny shapiro. Uh, that's right, official <clears throat> danny shapiro. And on TikTok, I am official muscle whisperer. I like to switch it up a little bit. Official everywhere. But I post a lot of great content on both platforms, and it's all there to help you to provoke you into different uh, into different thoughts. You know, it's not just stretches and exercises, but it's I, I try to boost everybody's positivity and encourage people. So official Danny Shapiro on Instagram, official Muscle Whisperer on TikTok. Um, And then if you are from New York, New Jersey, or Florida, go on to projectphysicaltherapy.com and you'll find a option to get a free 30-minute discovery session. This is where you and I can sit down, whether it's in person or over Zoom, and we can talk about what's going on. You'll get to meet me. I can meet you. I can ask you a bunch of questions that will probably annoy you, tell you a bunch of jokes that will probably make you laugh out at me more than at the joke. So there's a ton of benefit to that. And then of course, you can ask me any questions that you may have and we can figure out a way forward to get you feeling fan-freaking-tastic.
0: Uh, i'll give you a 10 out of 10 on the dad jokes
1: oh, thank you 10 out of
0: 10 if you're not you're not a dad
1: yet <laughs> no no not yet and yet i'm preparing i'm just creating my <laughs> my little black book of yeah. really bad dad jokes
0: oh my gosh and you you work virtually with people which i mean yeah. that's been a great a great resolution in this time of the pandemic and um people will ask me like wait it really works virtual and i'm like yeah, it really works. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would say it's it's your it's your magic. I always call you a wizard. Not only has my life gotten better through increasing my movement and decreasing my pain, but just being able to share this message with other people. So thank you so much. We appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. You're amazing, Brianna, and so are all of you.
0: Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Body Image with Bree. If you like what you heard, please like and subscribe to this podcast, comment a review below, or share this link with someone you care about. If you share this episode on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Body Image with Bree so I can follow along with your podcast listening journey. If you're interested in learning more about my offerings, feel free to check out my website, bodyimagewithbree.com Thanks for being here and until next time.